Welcome to the eighth and final session in this eight-part introduction to Indigenous Relations in BC. It's what you get if you ask me for my personal advice on working with Indigenous peoples. As a general framework, know that we're living in a time with a focus on reconciliation and healing, but that the need to participate in the economy while preserving languages and traditions puts great stress on First Nations communities. So, some things to bear in mind. No two indigenous communities are the same. Even within BC, they're incredibly diverse with different cultures and histories. And those differences are based on many factors. Some observers have recognized differences between coastal and interior communities. And I think, in part, that comes from traditional food sources. Coastal people and people living on salmon-bearing rivers tended to locate for the easiest access to fishing grounds. Interior communities often moved in a seasonal round through a territory as different food sources became available during the year. In some cases, that diversity is heightened by isolation. Many remote First Nations communities rely on diesel-generated electricity and have poor or limited road access but you don't have to be isolated to be diverse. One chief told me that he'd visited a nearby First Nations community and had inadvertently offended its leaders. He didn't realize that some of their community's customs were different from his. I know that's not terribly encouraging for non-First Nations people hoping to build relationships, but please stick with it. You've no doubt heard about residential schools, may have heard of the 60s scoop, and might be aware of more recent issues with social services agencies taking children from reserves for their protection. People need to be aware of that background, but always remember that while people may be shaped by those experiences, they don't define them. People also need to get past some popular misconceptions. For example, post-secondary education is not free for all First Nations people. What's true in my experience is that traditional First Nations people come from a very different worldview than Europeans or Asians. Starting to understand that worldview and what it means today is essential to building relationships. Remember that First Nations traditionally feel a deep responsibility for stewardship of the land and preserving its resources for future generations. That responsibility is common to all Indigenous communities in BC. And here's another side note, just because I find it interesting. When you see a First Nations word or name written, it's generally based on variations of the International Phonetic Alphabet, which is used to transcribe spoken languages that don't have a written counterpart. That sort of takes me back on track, because you need to remember that First Nations come from an oral tradition. Information was passed from generation to generation through often repeated stories and songs. As a result, listening respectfully is at the core of First Nations values. At a meeting or a gathering, everyone has the opportunity to speak to an issue. So, cutting someone off or speaking out of turn is bad. Dismissing a story from an elder, or anyone, is a mistake. They're trying to share something important with you. And by the way, 
Not all old indigenous people are elders. An elder is someone who is respected for their wisdom and knowledge, especially in the tradition and customs of the group. Elders will often be called upon to conduct ceremonies and offer blessings. Generally, as a sign of respect, they're referred to as elder and their first name. If you ask an elder to have a role in a function you're organizing, they should be reimbursed for time and travel and you should ask the band office if there's an honorarium to be paid. Arrange to have someone escort them. Now, some even more random thoughts. Be sure to ask for consent before photographing or videoing a ceremony. Be prepared to adjust your volume of speech to match the level in the room. It'll often be quieter than you expect. Don't be offended if people don't make eye contact do be aware that making eye contact might be considered aggressive. Handshaking. Okay, some very traditional First Nations people in BC don't shake hands. It's not a sign of disrespect, it's just not a part of their traditional culture. To be clear, most First Nations leaders and business people do shake hands. If you're speaking to a group, include a formal thank you to the host nation. The BC government encourages people making speeches to acknowledge that they're on the traditional territory of the host nation. Often, because of overlapping territories, unless you're on a First Nations reserve and can safely say Musqueam or Tsleil-Waututh or whoever, you'll need to generalize and say something like Coast Salish or Lekwungen-speaking peoples. If you don't know the name of the First Nation on whose territory you're meeting, you could call a local friendship center. Friendship centers are nonprofits dedicated to serving Aboriginal people living off reserve, but they're meant to be a contributing part of the overall community. And if you don't know how to pronounce the name of an Indigenous community and there isn't a local friendship center, you could always call the band office after hours and listen to the recording. I really want to emphasize this. If you're speaking with a group of people that includes an Indigenous person, do not single that person out. Ask them questions and expect them to represent their people. Don't. Just don't. If you don't understand why that's a problem, email me and we'll talk. Choosing ceremonial gifts. I've never understood why non-First Nations people, including government, think it's a good idea to give First Nations people First Nation stuff. Yes, there are gifts that are traditional for First Nations people to give each other ceremonially, like tobacco, candied salmon, decorated blankets, and other artwork. But if I gave those things, it would be like a foreign delegation giving me maple syrup in a beaver-shaped bottle. Your First Nations counterparts will want to know a bit about you before getting down to business. Introducing yourself and a little about your family and where you're from will start to build a relationship. Reading a speech from notes is not a good idea. As one chief told me, if you have to read it, you don't believe it. Remember, this comes from an oral tradition. Finally, as important as anything else I've said, know that the sharing of food is central to building connection and respect. All meetings should have food, if not a proper meal, with casual conversation, not work talk. Well, I warned you last time, this advice was going to be practical or super preachy, 
no halfway stuff for me. But I'm going to end this session and this series with one thought. If you remember nothing else from all this, I encourage you to be calm, be quiet, and listen. I'm Peter Walters. Thank you for listening. Thank you.